1: B American Protection Bureau voted number 1 best on Long Island for all your security needs call 631-390-9050 that's 631-390-9050 APB
2: You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence collision specialists 631-261 6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean, I need a dumpster. Well, for all those needs,
1: you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-Dump. Elm Logistics for all your logistic needs. Call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics. Pride, performance, and partnerships.
2: The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by Because Wine is Your Second Favorite Four-Letter Word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah.
1: Tired of that same old, same old breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Same old tasting scrambled eggs, burger, that dinner steak, ribs, or pork chops? Why not add a little bit of spice or just a touch of heat to make the difference? Change that scrambled egg with a little bit of Johnny Fabulous's John Cena Senior's Million Dollar Jalapeno Hot Sauce. Great on burgers, steaks, chops, and those barbecued ribs. And Nitro's Garage for all your automotive needs. Call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage. Ask for Jack.
2: Do you
0: treat your dog as part of the family? (laughs) Well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PartyPupInfo and let us make your pups' party or any celebration perfection.
1: M&J Video Games and Collectibles Sport and non sport cards, wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. MJ Video Games and Collectibles located at 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at one 479 9223 or 860-93-GAMES, M&J, Video Games and Collectibles.
3: Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Wrestling Remembered. This is a show that takes you back in time as we explore the pro wrestling world of yesteryear. I'm your host and moderator, Joe. What a day, Lowry. Happy Friday out there. I am joined by my esteemed colleagues. Let's go around the horde. We got the guy who's next to me, who is the. Uh, Jack of all trades, master of num, S.O. Bruce Butler. Welcome, Bruce.
0: Hey, what's going on, Joe? What's going on,
3: guys? How's it going, Phil? Hey, B-Double. There you go. And of course, let's keep on going down the road. We have the president of Thursday Night Wrestling, Mr. Phil DeCesare. Phil, welcome.
4: Wrestling fans around the corner and around the world, welcome to Wrestling Remembered.
3: And there you go. And the man who's just always a fixture on Monty and the Pharaoh channel,
5: he is known as the player, Mr. Benny Scala. Welcome, Benny. Welcome. 24 hours removed from the screw job in Playerville. where where Bruce has turned me from Bruno San Martino into Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Uh Uh-oh. I I, I think I'm
0: on the wrong wrong panel for this one. Where's Dan? Dan!
3: And, of course, I want to give a special hello to the chat room. It looks like it's already bumping and grinding out there. So welcome, everyone, watching live. And, of course, on the replay, hey, do us a favor while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the share button. Hit the likes, comments, all that stuff. Let us know you're watching. Be a part of the show. And we welcome everybody to the show now. Folks, let's get uh, let's address the elephant in the room real quick. How about that interview last night with uh, Armani and the Pharaoh, Mike Monty interviewing Missy Beefcake? What What are your thoughts on that? Anybody, please tell me
5: what happened last night. My monitor is still hot to the touch. I mean, <laughs> that was sizzling.
0: <laughs> what what, what can you say about that? That was a uh, uh, quite quite a tell all there, especially some of those, uh, those those stories about uh you know between Beefcake and Hogan and uh. uh there seems to be a lot more to be told. There's a lot to unpack. Let's just say that 88 minutes of names.
3: I've never heard so many stories and so many uh, things we probably didn't need to know about, like SSI checks and <laughs> well being checks and all this other checks. And I was like, oh my goodness. But let me, real quick, let me just show you. The highlight for me was, uh, you know we went to school we went to high school went to the same high school in case you didn't see this part last night this one kind
2: of freaked me out yeah, you know joe lowry says he went to high school with you at north quincy high he graduated Come in on! that's what he said Come on! who is
4: this where is he
2: he's um he's one of our hosts on one of our other shows did you do you remember that I name he says you know. were about a year younger than him i think if that's what he says
4: i dated keith smith does he remember smitty
2: I don't know. He'll have to respond on the chat. But oh, while we're talking, <laughs> oh my god! How's everybody's ears? Yeah, right. Ears <laughs> <laughs> on that
5: one? I'm glad I'm not Smitty.
3: <laughs> and I'm telling you, there's a Smitty, and I think Phil. We were chatting last night in the chat room. There's a Sully. There's a every. There's, there's a Mick.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: You go back and check her out in the yearbook. I think there was. A, yeah, I got to look it up. I mean, she's originally from Jamaica Plain. She moved to Quincy, I guess, when she was younger. She went to the same middle school as me, and then she went to the same high school. I think I was—I think she was like a year younger than me. I'm not sure. I gotta look. I gotta look it up. But um, I think her last name was De Gloria back then, before it was Caruso.
4: Was she the centerfold in uh, your yearbook or what? <laughs> centerfold in the yearbook—that's for sure.
3: All right. So enough about that. So, anyways, folks, uh, welcome to Wrestling Remembered. This week, we're going to be tackling a subject uh, that pretty much changed the way uh, wrestling uh, was broadcasted into everybody's homes. The cable TV boom. Uh, For me personally, 1982, I saw the truck rolling down my street, lining the streets with cable wire. And the only thing I was interested in at that time uh, was wrestling in MTV. And lo and behold, a few years later, they all got together and so forth. But uh, we'll just start off. Uh, Bruce. Yeah, what would cable? I know you're a little bit younger than us and all that. I, I know the other two got a lot to say, but I want to get what you had to say first on what is your first recollection of cable TV and pro wrestling?
0: You know, my it would be, uh, it would be the end of all star wrestling and then the beginning of going from the. Oh the, the small taped arenas, which I got to go to a lot when I was a youth and then I would and then all of a sudden it went from that USA network thing to wrestling challenge. and it was oh, just yeah, from yeah. one week it was small arena. next week it was huge arena. and uh, after that, I never saw a major show at at the Civic center again and it was always those uh, those horrible B shows. Yeah, and I got a quick graphic
3: here of a lot of the uh, wrestling action back then. You mentioned two of them: championship wrestling and all-star wrestling. As you can tell, what was it—the Hamburg Fieldhouse? Where was that? Where were those taped at?
4: Yeah, and and Allentown at Allentown. the Agricultural Allentown. Hall.
3: Yeah, the Agricultural Hall. I remember For championship. that. championship. Yeah. yeah, that was always a good deal there. But um, so uh, Phil, uh, you, we're pretty much the same uh, genre, so to speak. Yep. What yep. is your first uh, recollection of cable? coming in and what were your first uh shows that you watched via cable
4: well first of all it's funny you say that uh joe we were we were actually we would see the trucks in the neighborhoods because yeah. cable would come to town and go by neighborhood or from oh, yeah. neighborhood to neighborhood And the sales and a while. Come
3: right behind. The rep had the big binder yeah like, what do you want to watch and be like whoa
4: <laughs> yeah So actually, uh, a friend of mine got cable before we did, and he was several blocks away, and I used to deliver the newspaper, strangely enough, to his house. So I would stop over and watch uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling for a spell, and I just couldn't wait to get cable. I made a deal with my parents, actually. I said, if we get cable, I'll use my paper route money. And pay for it, and you know how much it was each month back then?
3: It
0: wasn't much.
4: Basic cable, eight dollars and ninety five cents. I remember cable. Amazing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was
3: nothing. Two
0: hundred forty what this month?
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Then again, you only had twenty five, not even twenty. I don't. It was not more than thirty channels because I remembered channel twelve. I used to remember. This is sick now for me. No, channel twelve was M twelve V. And VH1 was VH21. So I know there weren't more than 25 channels on the cable box. So
4: yeah, might have. Yeah. It. Ours and might have gone up to 40. And Joe, the first box, at least that we had, yeah. there was no remote control. We had a little slider yeah, on the a box, good. a little slider that went down. So you'd actually have to get up. The, and old slide Gerard, it down the, the old
2: Gerald's,
0: yeah, to the, the channel, old. yeah. Mine had 12 buttons along the top and then three different levels, so there was 36 channels. I just yep. don't remember because 36 was MTV and 24 yep. was Nickelodeon, and put yeah. <laughs> the old bear can aluminum under there and underscrambled the
3: channels that you uh, weren't supposed to be watching. I remember that.
4: <laughs> Boy, don't you remember that, huh? <laughs> well,
3: yeah, uh, Benny, the player, chime in. Yeah, uh, well, obviously, I'm- you grew up in the era of totally no cable and then. How old are you when cable TV came Yeah, around? so
5: uh, I mean, grew up watching wrestling on UHF. Yeah. yeah. Um, starting in 1968. Yeah. And I think around 74, uh, wow. that was on a Spanish station. So the entire New York metro area, wrestling was on a UHF channel. And wow. um, in 74, I think, uh, the other Spanish station, in uh, it was WN, WXTV out of uh, Patterson, New Jersey. Channel 41 started showing the... Uh, Olympic wrestling from the Olympic oh, NWA yeah. Hollywood but then wow. cable vision I believe came to Long Island yeah. in 1975 so I believe and it's been so long ago geez, I was going to say you know we didn't have a remote I had notches on my cave cuz you know that's that's the so old <laughs> Yeah um, no,
3: I agree yeah
5: I think the first one that I saw was uh Georgia championship wrestling on uh, from the Superstation I believe and then soon to be followed by championship wrestling from Florida and you right. talk about, like, both of them were polar opposites from sure. uh, the WWWF. Georgia was very subdued, you know, a lot of technical stuff. Florida, I mean, it, when, when Kevin Sullivan came to Florida, it was, I mean, that 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 was off the charts.
3: Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was because of uh, the New England region. We didn't get, the only thing that I totally recall, obviously, even before Cable Uh, Phil, you could probably attest to this because you're from the Boston area, that uh, world-class championship wrestling from Texas was streamed in on a UHF
4: channel. Channel 25, yep. Channel
3: 25, but then when cable came around, that's when I finally got my dose of 605 to 805 on Saturday nights on TBS, Georgia Championship Wrestling, then World Championship Wrestling. So I never saw the Florida wrestling unless there was something going on, if they showed a vignette or a match. Uh, that involved, like, you know, a title change or something. That's when they said, we'll take you down to Florida and you can take a yep. look at this and all that. We didn't get the Florida programming like Benny did. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, no different you know, didn't you're like talking a, a wrestling from the Olympic Auditorium. I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been
5: something. That was in the days of Blasi, Tolos, and yeah. then a guy named Jabbaruk, which oh, was wow. my first WTF moment because I see this guy I think, damn, that guy looks just like Johnny Rods. And he's, he's even, <laughs> my God, he's even got JR in his boots but it wow. can't be, or it, of course it was. And I mean, he was huge, uh, yeah. in, in Los Angeles. He even won that, uh, the Olympic, the, uh, annual battle Royal. Yeah. And, uh, so which, you know, guaranteed anyone who won a gigantic yeah. push, but the only problem was, I think his name was Mike LaBelle, uh, did not make good on the money. He promised Johnny. So he went back to New York. Yeah. We, yeah. the chat, the chat is
3: really lively right now. A lot of people are chiming in Foxhole Willie. I do believe is from Massachusetts Phil, Do we know? He's talking me, about world class uh, championship wrestling from Texas on Channel Twenty Five, so he knows about that.
4: He knows about it absolutely. Uh, Charles
3: Wilson, how about that brief stunt uh, stint with Southwest Championship? Oh wrestling? yeah, that was great. Kelly Blanchett, Adrian Love Adams that. for the title—that was a big yes. deal then.
4: Blood and guts, man. Oh, Blood and yeah. guts on Sunday morning—it was really That's good. When I
3: learned how to pronounce Bruiser Bob Sweetan. Yeah, Bruiser, not, not Bruiser Bob Sweeten, but Bruiser Bob Sweetan. I don't know who the announcer was. Steve Stack. Steve's, oh wow, there you go.
5: Bruce the Bob Sweetan was the original Buck Zumhoff, if you know what oh, I mean.
4: Yeah, he became Mr. Pile Driver, Bob Sweetan. Yeah, after yeah that's that. right. That's right. And huh? I, I almost ordered a t shirt, and I'm so glad now in hindsight I didn't order his t shirt. Right. Given now, what's, you know,
3: I don't want to wake Bruce from his slumber up there. He looks like he's deep in thought, but Bruce. I'll type uh, it on the chat uh, room you, there. Uh, one <laughs> of the things that you've mentioned on previous shows, and, and obviously tonight, you got to go to the tapings for WWF at the. Oh yeah. House before,
0: unfortunately, I don't remember a lot of the a lot of ah. the earliest ones, but yeah, they were right over in the civic, the Mid Hudson Civic Center, and right. you know, so many memorable things happened there. I mean, though, the, the most memorable one for me was when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan, and uh, oh wow, in, okay. in between WrestleMania two and three, there and that yep. that big vignette leading up to uh the cage match, and that's that was the. Really the last big one from the Civic Center, but before that I have vague recollections. But I, I had seen the Andre got his hair cut there. Um oh, yeah, 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 Randy Savage. Uh, Randy Savage was introduced there. He right. introduced Elizabeth there. Uh there were so many, so many things. And uh I have now vague they had, they vague had a tough they had a tough TV schedule, right? Didn't they take like X amount of shows in
3: one day or yeah. whatever? It, like, it was kind was of was funny. The like they, would,
0: they it was one of the first things that re- made me Understand kayfabe because a lot of times they would they would tape weeks worth of stuff and you wouldn't quite understand what was happening and then when you watch it on TV it's like oh now that makes sense you know the the whole thing with the Hulk with Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff was taped on on that night all the flower shop episodes uh, everything but without the phone call to Hulk Hogan that Paul Orndorff had that was that had supposedly taken place in between nothing else made sense so like there was no congruity to the angle. And then all of a sudden watching it on TV, you it saw it unfold sense. for real.
3: Right. Right. So wh- one of the things that always impressed me was, and I don't know how they did it because uh, Phil coming from the Northeast, Benny, in the Northeast, you had your Madison square garden shows, spectrum, Boston garden, main civic centers up and down. Uh, Capital center in DC. Cap- yeah, Cap- Capital center. Um, all the interviews they used to do those interviews that would go on in between the matches, you know, coming up the Boston garden, uh, kill a converse under the giant stretcher match. You know, I wonder how many interviews they had to do for each. Like that must've been a lot. If that was a whole day's worth of tape. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you think of like,
5: you know, the WWW left, they got, they had to be doing for the garden, the yep. spectrum yep. The, in, in Baltimore, uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh, you, you know, Boston, all, all the major rank. They had to be doing at least like 10 or 15 different sets of, uh, interviews.
3: Yeah. And, uh, and of course, who can forget Howard Finkel? I was always right after during the first match. No sound for like two minutes It'd be like, if you're in the West Roxbury area tonight, All Star wrestling. I said West Roxbury because Foxo Willie is from West Roxbury, by the way. So, welcome. Yeah, I saw that. Welcome. Oh, Beth Harper's in the house. Everybody's here tonight. Nice. Hey, Matt Holland, yeah, we got Cannon. a full Everybody's house in here. Awesome. All right. Thanks for joining us. But um,
4: yeah, yeah, I, I, I
3: always there, wanted with that stuff. Now, here's I, I pulled that graphic up earlier. Here's the graphic of most of the stuff that was out on cable at the time. In the early 80s, um, we'll start off G- Georgia Championship Wrestling, 605 to 805 on TBS was a big deal. Uh, that was followed up by World Class Championship Wrestling um, after that. And then, of course, World Class, um, that was huge. Uh, real quickly, let's let's talk about that. Anybody, uh, Phil, Benny, I'm not sure, Bruce, yeah. what was your first recollection of seeing World Class? for the first time from Texas.
4: I think it was one of the star Wars cards from like 1982. They had those holiday star Wars cards. I was totally blown blown away by the quality of the matches. And, you know, one of the feuds I remember that they're now reprising, um, is when David Von Erich was feuding with gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Oh, yeah. And there's a stipulation in the match that if Garvin lost, yeah. he'd become a ranch hand on David's um, mm, weird, ranch. We have heard that before. Huh? And so, <laughs> so he, yeah, so he and Sunshine yeah. were on there, you know, baling hay and, Washing the horse and the dog and everything. Precious so, was
3: the other valet, right? Was not Precious? Yes, yes. Valet? That was the
4: original one. Patty, yeah. uh, Precious was his wife who came after, but Sunshine okay. was the first one. Yep. But now we just saw this role, this this angle reprised uh, in WWE right yep. now with, uh, what's if her it, name, uh, working on the Stratton, ranch?
3: Tiffany Stratton.
4: Yeah, Tiffany yep. Stratton. So I they do exactly.
3: It's funny how you mentioned that, Phil. Everybody, I, I, when I saw that stipulation, I said, well, Tiffany Stratton's going to lose because she's the bombshell who's going to go in the farm Yeah, and there's going to be manure involved, yep. there's going to be cow dung, whatever, hey, all that and, stuff, and, hey, and, and all that and stuff
4: the whole stuff. deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. And,
3: you, and you knew that was going to happen.
4: Yeah. She
3: uh, hasn't been on um, NXT since then. It's only been two weeks. I have a feeling she's going to pop up at the Rumble. I, I think she's going to be a surprise entrant and, and so forth. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So as we move along, UHF channels slowly become obsolete when the cable channels introduce. How can we forget uh this infamous day? July 14th, Ooh, 1984, effectually yeah. known as Black Saturday. Um, I remember tuning in. This one took me totally off guard. I was totally shocked that Vince McMahon was standing in front of a world championship wrestling sign on TBS. And they basically took over the six hundred five eight hundred five slot, and I was surprised by this for over eight and a half months. Even with all the complaints and everything that was going on, well, uh, Benny, you got a response to that? Did you see that take place?
5: Yeah, uh, and my understanding is that Vince actually violated the agreement because he was Ooh. actually supposed to have studio wrestling, yeah, you know, the same as the oh, people used okay, to yeah. think, but instead of doing that, he just used, you know, they show tape matches. So I think wow. that's why it, it eventually fall, fell apart, but yeah, I mean it was just it was surreal I mean, and couldn't he have worn a better suit? jeez, come on
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, you remember that? No, unfortunately, that was a little uh, before my time. I didn't start get, getting uh getting to watch Georgia Championship wrestling for a couple more years, but uh you know i I've, I've definitely gone back and watched my my uh my fair share of of, of those uh of what's available on peacock, but uh yeah. it's missing so much. Yeah, it is. And Phil, what is your recollection
3: of that?
4: I remember uh, Freddie Miller, a longtime voice. The guy who used to yeah, c- sure. announce the matches on the on the Georgia programs, yeah. introducing Vince McMahon and just. And again, this is before internet, before really dirt sheets. And I, I couldn't tell, you, I I wouldn't be able to tell you what a dirt sheet was back then. There was, there was but when no he introduced case. Vince, and Vince walked out, I my my jaw hit the floor, and yeah. I was pissed. You know, yeah. I'm a WWF fan always, but. Sure. Love Georgia wrestling. And again, it was the end of studio wrestling. And that was my first exposure right. to the intimacy of, of that sort of setup. And I really, really was a pr- really loving Georgia wrestling. In and,
3: and that's a good segue, the end of studio wrestling, because it was it was right that time Hulkamania comes along and it was no more Joe McHugh and, um, yeah. you know, no more Gary Michael Capetta. It was all these it was like all these announcers like I think King Kong Moscow was an announcer for a while with some people and they were taping these shows in like Toronto and the Midwest and the, you know, all these places that it, it, it went on like a bigger level. Like it was almost like, um, let's take you now to Los Angeles, California, as this takes places like Los Angeles, WWF goes to Los Angeles. What are you talking about? You know, they did then now because of Hulkamania and all that stuff. But, um, Bruce, that kind of is probably segues to your time, right? When you – no more studio wrestling. It was all arena wrestling now. Yeah, absolutely. you turned it on. What's your first recollection of all that stuff?
0: I When they uh, – oh, it was right in the beginning. I mean, all, one of the first big angles on TV was the crowning of Harley Race. Oh, that was wow, one okay. of the that was one of the one of the biggest things that came wow. out of that. But one of the one of the things for me that's that is amazing is the amount of wrestlers that had wrestled on, say, All Star Wrestling, and all sure. the ones it, between, say, seventy nine and eighty two. Yeah. But then between eighty two and eighty four, we're supposed to have like these blinders on, and then they all come back as new characters for this, the, the Golden Age of Wrestling through WrestleMania and beyond. Right. It's, it's, it's amazing and the more yeah. and more I see of that it's kind of funny you know watching Hulk Hogan wrestle Hacksaw Jim Duggan in like 1980 was like wait a minute what <laughs> But yeah,
3: uh, and then uh, and one thing that we didn't get was UWF Universal Wrestling Federation Jim Ross was announcer for that never really saw that on cable unless you were down south I mean like again that's the regionalized cable thing aspect of it I never saw it Phil did you see it in the movie yeah
4: we got a taste of it on the USA Network for a brief oh, okay. spell Oh, we wow. had it for a little while. It had a home at USA network. Wasn't, I I don't know what the machinations were behind the scenes, but okay. while it was on, it was good. It was um, from the Irish McNeil boys club, which is where they um, <laughs> did all their filming. And again, we saw a music video. It was the age of music videos. And I remember um, a rock and roll express music video set to Kiss's rock and roll all night and being oh, totally wow. impressed okay. with yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just made me a greater fan of the express as well. And um It was a great program, too. And again, a different style. And, you know, this all these different shows, of course, they emanated from different areas of the country, but they kind of gave us a taste of the culture, you know, the fan base, the kind of wrestling. I mean, it was different in each area of the country. And it was really that variety that we had back then. And now it's just so homogenized, you know. Really love that whole regional feel and, I mean, you know, the dialects of the announcers. I mean, everything, you know?
3: You know, one one thing I did forget to capitalize on when I was growing up, 81, 82, when cable TV came around, the USA Network was prevalent, was uh, you got to see the Madison Square Garden matches
4: Uh. uh, a
3: month later. There was always a month. They always were a month ahead or behind or whatever. And my Tuesday nights changed forever. I was like, oh, my God, another night for uh, wrestling, 8 to 11, every uh, once a month on Tuesday, the USA network. So if yep. there was a title change that they showed on all-star or championship wrestling, I was writing the TV guide waiting to see, cause then I could actually watch the whole match. Cause they only showed highlights uh, on all-star wrestling and all that stuff. So um, that was kind of a, a, a coup for me with cable television. Um, and that's a, do you remember that Benny uh, watching those shows on USA network?
5: Yeah, you know, I was going to say that cable was kind of a mixed blessing. So from, for us, You know, purely from a fan viewing perspective, it was great because you know I went from you know WWF, then now I'm I'm watching Georgia Championship Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Florida. Then I'm watching Southwest. I'm watching World Class. After a while, I even got to uh, to watch AWA. Thing like, man, I'm in wrestling heaven. Yeah. And it's so funny now that you have to be Team WWE or Team AEW. It's like, man, just you know, just keep bringing it. And one of the things I noticed was, like I said, you know, Georgia was almost like watching high school wrestling. It was yeah. so clinical, yeah. and Gordon Soley was so deadpan. You know, but at the same time, then he he announced for Florida, and it was you know it was like a crime scene there with Kevin Sullivan and and Billy Graham, oh, yeah. you know, and you know Bob Roop, you know, and and I guess Nancy Benoit, I think was. uh was she the fallen angel or yes she she was was, oh boy oh boy but that i mean every week there was carnage on that show and like you never knew what was going to happen but you know but the the flip side of that i think was that was the first tear in in the 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 envelope of kayfabe because now you could see where people like oh yeah i know that guy from uh he was in world class as this and now he's this which we wow. never knew before. I mean, when before sure, you know, yeah. we, we were kind of segregated in our own little niche, watching our WWF. Yeah. And uh, if somebody came in with a different name, we, unless we were a diehard, you know, the, uh, follower of the magazines, in all likelihood, we had no idea who they were. But that's yeah. that was the first unpeeling uh, of of you know of the of the uh, the onion of kayfabe. I think that now.
3: I know one of my first ones was um, the K-Fabe thing and all that stuff was the Jimmy Snooker, Ray Stevens angle. And what was it a couple of years before them? They were tag team champs, right? In AWA or NWA? NWA, or yeah. Middle yeah range, and I was yeah. like, wait a minute. They're supposed to hate each other. What's going on? So like, it was I was kind of figuring it out then, but it took wrestling magazines and cable TV to bring me up to speed
0: so to speak so yeah
4: that's a how great did, how, topic too
0: yeah how did the uh, magazine like I, I obviously i i have the magazines from the 80s but back in the back in the 70s how did they tiptoe over those uh those those uh you know d- different ang- uh, different people in different uh different territories you know show cuz it had to you know ha- people had to start realizing how they tiptoe around it they really what, didn't though everything well, was you know yeah, they what, they what? didn't they
5: just ignored it and most people just went right along with it You know, I guess if you were like a diehard fan, like I was, you know, when I went in in 75 when I saw Rods. But even like I thought about that for a couple of weeks. Like, how could that be? That's impossible. I can't be Johnny Rods. But like, how could it not be? You know, I I think a lot of them were
3: in cahoots. Bill After told me a couple of stories that the wrestling magazines um, were welcome back then into locker rooms and so forth. Cause it was good exposure. It was actually the only exposure pre cable were wrestling magazines. So bill after would do his thing and go and take pictures
5: and all that stuff. You'd want to get your picture in wrestling. Yeah. They were
3: pretty careful with the stories. Um, I know reading the magazines growing up, they would have like arena reports, you know, and you'd see this one match, you know, you'd have a whole pullout of matches but they were careful in what they selected. They, they really
5: guarded. They they protected yeah. the business big time. And no yeah,
4: and, and and as we know, they they really um, they they really heavily edited things. I mean, oh yeah, we know that we know that Benny's favorite wrestler really wasn't Spiros <laughs> right? As they told yeah, us. Was, the-
5: why did <laughs> they? still to this day that was fifty five years ago. Why did they change my? <laughs> My entry from Bruno to Spear—they might probably because ninety-nine percent of the people had Bruno. Yeah, they probably they had, wanted it, they to mix, mix it up, it up a there. Bit. Yeah. Well, they—they they saw your address. they are like, oh, he
3: must love Bruno. And Then they put Spearos in there. Boom. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you got you got
5: eyeballs on you now.
4: They thought you were Greek or something. I don't know. Maybe.
5: Yeah. I mean, but even that, when you think about it, like you know, two two pages of the after mags were devoted to people who wanted pen pals to talk about wrestling. <laughs> It
0: was such a trusting
5: era that you could publish your address, and you know, after (laughs) a little bit, you're going to start getting letters in the mail.
3: Now, Maria Davis is saying that uh, in Pittsburgh growing up, they had wrestling on seven days a week, sometimes four times a day. Wow, that's
5: that's diehard stuff. They had the studio wrestling, right, with um, Bill Cardell. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I never saw it though. We we didn't get that. That's
5: such a shame that they did not save those tapes. Oh now who i'm sure WWE has property that uh right no it i think what they now, did back then and this to happened in a over. lot of the territories they would just tape over the tape yep. to save money oh, what a shame right i mean yep. can you imagine Yep. Uh,
3: i well that that doesn't surprise me because I, I i know i mentioned this before but after interviewing tito santana and they brought the camera to the garden to watch him beat morocco they ran out of footage <laughs> they ran out of film and they never caught the actual pinfall so uh You know, that's how it was early 80s. You know, you didn't know what was going on. It was, you know, there was no live TV or live cut-ins. Everything was pre-recorded and all that stuff. And, you know, you always got goosebumps because as soon as Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson took to the mic and says, we have a huge match coming up from the garden, you knew there was a title change. And uh, I I thought probably one of the biggest title changes I remember watching on TV, getting that was December 26, 1983, when Bob Backlund lost to Cheek, Yeah. Did not stop bringing to the point where my parents were like, what the hell is going on? I said, Bob Backlund lost the title. You don't know what this is crazy. Uh, you couldn't believe what was happening. So, uh, and of course, that title change probably what happened about a,
5: probably a week before, right? Your, a, your cell phone's not going to start buzzing when Seth freaking Rollins loses oh, the God. title. <laughs> my goodness, <something laughs> hey, wh-
0: wh- when did you guys realize that Vince McMahon was more than just the commentator? That's uh, a good God. question.
3: I would. I w- I'd have to go right to WrestleMania one. Yes. He was on, he was, he was, 85.
5: uh, yes, sir. And this
3: is before the WrestleMania stories and all that stuff came out. But when I realized that the, when he got Hulk Hogan in there, it, Vince was everywhere, Phil, right? I mean, we remember he was everywhere. Vince yeah. was everywhere. Uh, he gambled the house on that WrestleMania. Um, cause stories were told that he put every last dime he had into it. And if that failed, uh, there'd be no WWE. There'd be nothing. And <laughs> you know, it,
4: and we Thank speculated you. earlier, guys, I recall that um, the two incidents that gained national attention uh, were the Richard Belzer incident yep. and the Dr. D. John the Stossel D., incident. Yeah, and again, we wonder, we speculated that maybe this was kind of on purpose to kind of generate that heat and yep. get and again, get more eyes to the product, you know, and and in hindsight, it really makes sense. You know, of it does.
3: Of course.
0: Yes, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Bruce. I didn't realize it until one day I'm watching like the credits and stuff and I'm like Vince yeah. McMahon executive executive producer and then just started putting uh, yeah. two and two together and and within a year there was a steroid tr- or, or some type of controversy that came uh, out and yeah. it was like oh my god he is it because they kept as a kid you didn't realize you know he was just a commentator interviewer he just happened to be everywhere right I mean, over the years I learned, you know, we learned that he bought uh, the
3: worldwide wrestling federation from his father for what a million dollars, a million dollars, four million dollars, a quarter of a million bucks. And uh, obviously Vince was responsible for getting Hulk Hogan back because from stories and literature I've read, Hogan wanted to go make Rocky three and Vince senior was like, no, you have obligations. And he kind of just basically walked out on him and, so so to, you know, he divided the, the thing, Empire. and then he went to AWA. And then, of course, Vince bought WWF, and you know, the rest is history. But
5: uh, anybody can comment on that, guys. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, when you think of what I'll, I'll always wonder what would have happened if, if Vern Gagne did put the belt on Hulk. I do think they would have lasted for a little while longer. I do, but I do think eventually that Vince would have, you know, th- thrown enough money at Hulk and yeah. knowing Hulk that he would have you know he would have taken the money and left but but i think it would have made awa a little bit spicier for a little bit longer
4: you know, I wonder too. Speaking yeah. of things, if 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 fate interceded in different ways, what if Captain Lou Albano wasn't on that flight with Cyndi Lauper? You know, oh, yeah, and yeah. they didn't right. really, you yeah. know, make that connection. Yeah. And speaking, of what became ultimately the rock and wrestling connection, sure, sure, which sure. I think has been, you know, I think the best connection ever, really. You know, and that catapulted
3: mainstream, yeah, no doubt about it, yeah. That.
4: Yeah, it was the perfect marriage. I mean, this—that's what boosted cable. Yep. It spiked MTV's ratings as well. So it was—it yeah. was win-win. It was just—you sure
3: incredible. it wasn't the Land of a Thousand Dances video that? Uh, uh, I
4: have—I still have the album with the cassette tape in it too. <laughs> what, yeah, the wrestling
3: you know, album. You got the wrestling album.
4: Yeah. The
3: Don Morocco's Piledriver song and yeah. all that
4: stuff. <laughs> Classic.
3: Good stuff. Good. stuff. Yeah. But uh, one of the glory parts about uh, cable for me back in the day was um, Saturday nights after uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling or World Championship Wrestling would ended. You got that lull. Uh, nothing was going on. Of course, the first uh, Saturday night in, uh, of the month in Boston, you go to the Garden. But I always made it home in time because I used to get WOR TV out of Secaucus, New Jersey, Channel 9. And I got to see the reruns. Of all star and championship wrestling from twelve to two in the clock in the morning. Um, now, wow. Betty, you're from New York. Did you remember seeing that stuff? Would that? Right. that I'm going to
5: say. Let me let me check how many people are in the room here. So, <laughs> how many people are going to think I'm an idiot after I say this? But oh gee, I, no! <laughs> all right, no, no. I, I mean, this the play is totally transparent. That's what she said. Right. But, um, <laughs> on October 11th, 1980, I got married at Saint Killian's Roman Catholic Church. Um, it was a Saturday. I had my reception at the Knights of Columbus in Hicksville, New York. Oh wow! Stayed at a uh, Howard Johnson's in Plainview because I was going to catch an early morning flight to uh, Disney World for my honeymoon. Okay. But what did I do at midnight? Three guesses. I, no, one guess. <laughs> you know. Making You're making babies? No.
4: no.
3: <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm
5: sitting on the bed with a bunch of envelopes. Going, you know, going counting my wedding loot while watching wrestling.
4: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Wow. That's a fan, baby. That's a fan. Howard
3: Johnson's, huh? They don't have those. The Hojos, yep. You're definitely eating yourself now. All right. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Good stuff there. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, definitely with all that. Um, another thing that Bruce, you could probably chime in on because you mentioned it Saturday Night Live, uh, Something happened there. NBC decided to not show Saturday Night Live anymore. Vince McMahon saw blood in the water. Uh, he runs with Dick
0: Develop,
3: Yep, develops a relationship with Dick Ebersol, And boom, all of a sudden, we get Saturday night's main event at 1130 at night on a set. We get an hour and a half of wrestling, which was, I found out, was taped earlier that prior to that evening, right? Wasn't it taped that evening and then they, they condensed it for the 1130 showing?
0: Do we remember that? Does anybody remember that? If that was, I, it know was sometimes taped in yeah, I know sometimes they were pre-taped well in advance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: I wasn't sure if it was taped like hours before, like no, sometimes like no? days, oh, I right. think. Right. I wasn't sure about that. All right. So that, that would make more sense. Yeah.
0: I, I remember the one with Hulk Hogan and and, and Mr. T. Um, yep. but that, that was about the first one. I don't really remember them. Yeah, you know, the the first big one I remember that the pops out in my head is Paul Orndorff, Paul Hogan oh, yeah. Cage oh, Match. Yeah.
3: That Both ten, men landed at the
0: same time, great. right? Yeah, but yep. that came out of an angle that you know f- that I had watched come out of the Civic Center, so that was yeah. uh, that was so cool to, to see. Yeah,
3: that was... Um, one of my favorite episodes of Saturday Night's Main Event was right after Mania when they, uh, obviously, or- Orton hit Orndorff in the back of the head with the cast, and he's on Piper's Pit. I think it was out of the New Jersey Medellins, and that was the first time I... <laughs> Heard a yell, "Stay, sit," <laughs> with Orton and Piper, yeah. and uh, that that stood out to me. This is and that was like eleven forty five at night. I'm watching wrestling. It was like did cable TV. Real, I mean, Vince McMahon utilized every avenue possible uh, with cable TV to to get that product out there. But that's Saturday night's main event. Uh, That ran for a good couple of years, I think.
5: And what was the average viewership?
3: Yeah, I was going to say, it got really good rating. Yeah, Yeah. it was high. It was high because don't forget, you had that West Coast uh, uh, audience at the time. It was 1130 Eastern time, but it was really, what, 830 on the West Coast. So you got that. You got a good crowd out there, especially kids who were Hulkamaniacs that wanted to see a glimpse of Hulk Hogan before they went to bed. You know, that was a a coup de grace right there, all that stuff. You uh, had every
0: kid 10 years and up
3: trying to watch that. Now, Joe Willis saying Saturday night's main events and Clash of the Champions were like Bird versus Magic, must see TV in the '80s. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the one right there. Definitely. Um, yep. And uh, Captain Lou, Maria Davis, Lou Albano, Cindy Lauper made the right move with her hit videos. Girls just want to have fun. That blew up. Loved it. Yeah. Do you think um, with Lou Albano being in Cindy Lauper's video, do you think that do you think the rock and wrestling connection was already in motion there because there was no Hulk Hogan and all that stuff? uh, about that time. It was just more like, Oh my God, Captain Lou Albano is in a music video.
4: You know, it was a New York thing too. I mean, I recall, and again, wrestling has always been popular, but just yeah. not mainstream popular. A lot of celebrities, you know, used to go to the MSG shows. Sure. Deborah Harry of Blondie was a Blondie, big fan, yeah. Yeah. you know, but for the grace of God, it wasn't she who became the main connection to, to rock and roll, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was, it was a New York thing, I think at least initially, but, um, I think it was the difference maker. I think, I think, I think that was that's everything right there, man. You know, yep. if we didn't have that, I don't think we'd be here today, and you know, at this level.
3: Who can forget uh, brawl for it all? Um, yeah, you know, MTV. Uh, I think that was like on a Tuesday night or something. It, like
4: we that. had that that war to settle the score, and then war the, the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Albano
3: uh, turned uh, face then because he got the uh, record thing smashed over his head by Piper.
4: Great, yeah. that
3: I mean, you talk about like I was, you know, obviously in high school then, and I kind of figured out okay, wrestling is you know not real in some aspects, but when you put a program like that out where Dick Clark is making an announcement and Piper comes out and takes a glass thing and smashes it, yeah. over the bottom. <laughs> and I'll tell you to this day, if you watch the video, I don't think they told the cops at ringside that that was supposed to happen. Because they got in the ring, right? They were trying to get physical with Piper, and he was knocking their hats off and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, somebody didn't tell somebody something that this was going right. to happen. Because so. those cops were Yo, in wasn't his there,
0: face. Wasn't there something with him pushing down Cindy Lauper, too? Where she that grabbed like, up his leg,
4: and he kind of kicked her off, I think, Bruce. Yeah, she, kind uh, she, a, she kind she of gave kind elevated he, her. She
3: latched yeah. onto his ankle, because uh, I think he had just... Uh, Power Slam, David Wolf, right?
4: Yes, he did.
3: And then she's like, "Stop it!" And he just—he didn't really the—the the act of simulating was kicking was there, but Lopper was actually hanging on to his foot.
4: Right, he was just swinging scared, his leg,
3: swinging back. Yeah, television right there, Vince McMahon, and of course with cable TV and everything going out, we must have saw that clip a thousand times over the course up until WrestleMania.
4: You know, yeah, we did. And, you know, Dick Clark being a part of this, I don't know that he was, he was uh, clued in on exactly it was going to happen. So I think that was an, you know, I think he was uh, pretty legitimately horrified by it and, and, and surprised too, you know, and I think some of the best magic happens when like the announcers and some of the participants might not be, uh, yeah. Totally clued in, you yeah, know,
3: reaction. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that cemented Roddy Piper uh, with his status because he was gold in that. I mean, uh, the comment with Geraldine Ferrara, I'll slap you in the face. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you hear this on TV and it's like then you got Gloria Stein I mean, you got. Yeah, Gloria right. Magazine that are just sitting around the table. I mean, you talk about the crossover. Mm-hmm. It was just insane, and then the war to settle the score when they had the interviews uh, before, during, and after the show. Joe Piscopo, Danny DeVito, yeah, uh, obviously New York's finest and everything. But I was like, okay, something's going on here. Andy Warhol made an appearance, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vince McMahon just pretty much opened the door and says, if you're in the entertainment world, come on in. Well, we would like to have a word with you, and Liberace. It. it was, yeah, Liberace. I mean, that obviously leading up to the first WrestleMania. I mean, that was a star-studded event. It wasn't wrestling. I think wrestling took a back seat then. It was more about who's there and what's going to happen, and, and then all it that became
4: down. entertainment. That's yeah. you know, right. it, was- it made it cool to yeah. be a fan, like yep. for the first time in, in in a long time. And I'm sure those things go through cycles, but mm-hmm. really made it cool to be a fan. You're you right. know. Bragging about it, like, oh, I, you know, I've been watching this for years. Yeah, you know, you guys are slow on the draw here. Come on.
3: Now, another, wow. uh, no, another good one is um, to roll on the heels of cable TV. Bruce, I'm not sure if you know this, but before pay per views, everything was closed circuit television.
0: Yeah, my first, my first WrestleMania that I saw was a uh, was closed circuit. Closed circuit. I actually, right. uh, I just recently let go of uh, 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 one of my most cherished possessions, which was the the program from that day. The uh, funny part about that. Yep. Was you could buy it at the newsstands weeks later for like two dollars, but on the uh, day of the event it was eight dollars. Oh
3: yeah, it was big money. Wow, I paid twenty bucks to get in there, uh, to watch it and grab. Yeah, a seat. I think
0: we I, we had uh, we had great seats for the for the big screen there and uh, yep. yeah yeah the, and then uh yeah. I go, what a
3: what a concept! <laughs> Fifteen thousand people watching four sided giant TV screens. I mean, yeah. you talk about like I would I, I didn't know what to expect when I got there, and I was like, wow. Um, but of course 85 comes around WrestleMania two. That was the first pay-per-view that WWE put out. Um, and they made it a big time thing cause it was, uh, what three different locations they had. Yeah. Yeah. I know I mean, so, serious, so yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, Vince was, you know, he was in it. He was in it with the cable for obviously the long haul. He knew the future was there and going from closed circuit to pay-per-view, the rest is history and all that stuff. But that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. But, um, Real quick, let's jump back on, uh, since the Iron Claw movie just came out, the Von Eriks and World Class Championship Wrestling. We talked about it, how it streamed in uh, via via UHF and so forth. Um, One of the things that I was kind of perplexed at was because all this wrestling is coming into my house, we weren't able to see these guys live. We couldn't go to the garden and see them and all that stuff. But I do remember when uh, Hulkamania came along and all that stuff, do you remember when they used to announce the matches for the following month, Phil, at the old Garden? I don't know if they did that at the Boston, at the Madison Square Garden, Benny, but at they, the oh old yeah, Boston, they did. They sure okay, did. At the old Boston Garden. These at halftime. there. then they announced out of nowhere. I think it was uh, summer of eighty-five. The fabulous Freebirds were coming to the Garden, and I was like, "Oh my God, they're from world class. camp. What do you mean they're coming to the Garden? How are they coming to the Garden? Like, what's going on here?" Uh, they no showed that event, by the way, a yeah. month later. So. Um, Did anybody get to see world class championship wrestling live at all?
4: No. No, they came to Lynn though, Joe. I remember, and I'm upset that I didn't go. That was their one uh, appearance. World class came up to Lynn, Massachusetts. The Manning Bowl. The Manning Bowl, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and they had a really good turnout too, from what I understand. But uh, that's a good
3: question. Yeah, that's because I never saw them live. I've Mm -hmm. never seen David Carry when they were. I never saw them live. And that kind of bummed me out. Unless um, when Vince started buying up all the territories, then they would come. Um, Like Eric, I think was the only one probably I saw live.
4: Yeah, me too. Um, Texas tornado. I didn't didn't
3: see
5: anybody else. Um, My favorite guy from WCCW was the originator. And I think he was the true originator of the super kick, uh, gentleman Chris Adams. Sure. Unbelievable. When When I first saw that super kick, that was absolutely amazing to me. Yeah. And the way he did it, well, he, he did it to perfection. And speaking yeah. of,
0: him, they're, they're going to have a dark, that's one of the dark side of the ring episodes, I believe. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, gentleman Chris Adams? Yeah. Oh, wow. That'd what be a life he led. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He died young, too. My like goodness. 45, 46. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was just
4: watching Chris and um, uh, Gino and Chris Adams against Carrie and Kevin. If uh, the Von Erics won, they would try, they got to the trash Gino's Corvette. And they came <laughs> to the ring with chains and hammers and stuff. Yeah. God, the stuff we saw back then with them. Un- very totally, innovative. I
5: mean, those stipulation matches, they were gold. Yeah. Yeah, they were good strap matches.
4: Um, the hair match with Buddy Roberts.
3: Uh, oh,
5: yeah. You know, stuff like that.
3: And he wore the headgear for like a, like two years. His hair never grew back. Like, what's going on? Why is this guy still bald? Like... <laughs> but um, real, um, I do remember one thing that They did not show on WWF television back in the day. I think it was 85, was the first inaugural King of the Ring in Foxborough Stadium. I caught wind of that only because it was in the area in that uh, Channel 4, 5, and 7. They covered it, but it was never shown on WWF programming. And I do believe Don Morocco was the first King of the Ring winner, right?
4: I think in age, you're right. In yeah,
3: five, it was at Foxborough Stadium. It was an outdoor event. First of all, I was flabbergasted with what do you mean there's wrestling outside? Like, what's going on? This is the Northeast. How can you have wrestling outside? The only time I ever saw wrestling outside was obviously the Parade of Champions with Kerry Von Erich defeating Ric Flair at Texas Stadium. You um, know.
4: Yeah, they had a King of the Ring at, in Westboro, Massachusetts oh, really? at the Speedway, I think. Oh, wow. And I don't know if it was like a dry run for this or what, but wow. it was the one and only time because Westboro is kind of close to me. So yeah, yeah, I was really amazed. So it was an outdoor venue, you know? Wow. I guess a racing track, a Speedway. But um, yeah, exactly. but no, you're right. That was the first official King of the Ring yeah, right dumb, there. Right. And- there
3: are some photos out there on the internet, uh, there's a couple of them. Because I do want to say it rained either before, during, or after, and I think it was Morocco. And I'm strictly going by memory, but Morocco and the Iron Sheik went at it
4: for the yeah. King of the they, ring. I think they were, yeah, you're right. I know there were some uh, heels.
3: Two heels went at it for King yeah. of the ring, and that's probably why they, they didn't want to break kayfabe back then. They were like, okay, well, we can't advertise this, but it was a great draw for the crowd. I mean, it, from the pictures, it looked like there was a good, you know, ten thousand plus there, which is really great wrestling in the northeast but yeah um yeah that that's incredible there but um jason kessler said do you remember spike huber oh yeah wwa yeah. yeah.
4: champion didn't he Dick get the bruiser's beat? nephew yeah, he or was, something uh, right he or, or son-in-law Dick son-in-law Dick yes. the bruiser's daughter the and w- then he uh, pretty
5: but they they kind of semi put him over yeah wwf not a whole lot though he was like a low, low mid-card guy. Yeah, he came
4: in on all American wrestling, I remember. Oh, that was yeah, the yeah. first time we saw him. I yeah. think it was from St. Louis or somewhere. But yeah. yeah, we saw him just a few times, I think.
3: Yeah, we, we really didn't touch about upon that, but then of course, they Sunday wrestling came along with All American Wrestling on the USA network at eleven o'clock in the morning. That was like that totally blew my mind. Now we have wrestling on Sunday mornings. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Does anybody remember watching those episodes? Oh, yeah.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> that one lasted for a while, too, it I did. think. It did.
3: It had a good run on the USA Network. It went into
4: the 90s, I think. Yep. yep. In fact, that was the first time Vince McMahon ever referred to Diesel as Kevin Nash. It was like a wow. little sit-down, semi-shoot interview, and I was like, wow. Unbelievable. I always thought his name was just Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Diesel, the bodyguard, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um, Jowell ja says, Dick, the bruiser had a medical emergency in a weightlifting accident. That's yeah, he benching I believe. you had a He ruptured
5: his aorta or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yep.
4: Did that, exactly. did that
5: end his career or did he keep. He his died. Life? He died. Oh, he died. It was, oh yeah. He and was at home, too. He yeah, was at like 62, wow. I think. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It was, and he was weightlifting at home.
5: So I, have throw, I have something to here, throw out to everybody, right, though. Um, you know, the I think the flip side to all of this with the cable and I, I'd love to get people's comments about this, including the people in the room, was sure. kind of like the house shows were slowly died out, right? Yep. And I Absolutely. mean, I I went to several house shows. Some of my best memories were going to those house shows. The last one I ever went to was in Hagerstown, Maryland. I think it was in 87. Oh, wow. Uh, it was Billy Jack Haynes versus the Iron Cheek in the main event. Great, great <laughs> show. But I mean, that's kind of the flip side of wrestling going national is we lost that. You know, we lost the localism as fans
3: well because you were uh, vince saturated the product he saturated the market with the product so we we got a lot
5: of it long distance but we lost the intimacy that we used to have
3: no definitely there's no doubt about it i mean uh you look back to the days of when you know the saturday the saturdays at the boston garden and that's when you you could see your action heroes live Uh, And you only saw them one day a week. You didn't see them like they're on every day, or now they're accessible online and all that stuff. So it wasn't. It was you needed to go there to see them live.
4: We could see them, and they could see us, and we often had the same seats as we discussed before. And you know, they they get they start to associate that, and seeing the same people in the same seats, there's kind of that bond there, you know, and it's uh, it does have that.
3: Bruce, that's your genre too, right? You yeah, were, absolutely. Going to were the arenas slowly dying out
0: by then? So I can tell you, so going to the Civic Center, at the Poughkeepsie Civic Center, Mid-Hudson yeah. Civic Center, uh, whatever you want to call it, it used to be an all-night affair. It would start at, say, 30, 8 o'clock at night, and it would be going until 1, 30 in the morning. Wow. They would wow. film several TV tapings. You'd wow. have the who's oh, wow. who of everything was there. Hulk Hogan was there. Everybody. yeah, You name it. And right. then, eighty, uh, end of 80, uh, let's see, it would have been 80, late 86, early 87. Okay. All of a sudden, it went to be a B-show's. Because it only the arena itself only held three thousand people, and right. yeah. all of a sudden WWF was doing those ridiculous shows. So now all of a sudden it was on the B show and C show circuit. So I went from being spoiled and seeing this re- ridiculous cards to all of a sudden I think the last main event I saw was like uh, it was Billy Jack Haynes against Hercules Hernandez in a chain oh, match. Wow! That's- and uh, I mean, there were went from being you know twenty five matches on the card to five. Yeah.
4: Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's when I think the money grab was in for Vince
3: because he knew um, he, he had so much talent. You had an A, B, and C squad. And one of the things I remember reading in Bobby Heenan's book, I think you guys, I told you guys this earlier one time. Um, in Bobby Heenan's book, the Paul Orndorff-Hulk Hogan feud was so hot that they actually performed three times in one night on a Saturday like a few times a month. They would fly, They would be in New York for their match. On the East Coast, they go to the Midwest in Chicago and wrestle wrestle before uh, the half halftime there or the intermission, and then they'd fly out to be in LA by the time the main event gone. And they did that for like a few months, and yeah. that was money. So if you think about the amount of talent that Vince McMahon had at that time, how do you fill those arenas with main eventers when your main eventers are flying from East Coast to Midwest to West Coast? What, what happens then? The product suffers because you're going to get these B matches. I mean, I don't know, um, I think Pro Wrestling USA was going on at that time too, right? Sergeant Slaughter was reenacting his boot camp matches with the Iron Sheik. They were tra- they were off on their own doing things. So that's where I think a lot of the uh, attendance started to suffer. For me, it was looking up at the balcony at the garden and seeing only half the rafters full.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. You know, you could Love see from, from the
3: ringside raptors. to the top, and your ears are ringing. I remember my son was young, and I took him to the garden um, in the early '90s, and we saw Shawn Michaels take on um, I forget who Ultimate Warrior in a cage match with Sherry Martel, and the spotlights were just on the ring because you couldn't show the crowd because it was just ringside only. Nobody was in the balcony. That was a house Whoa,
4: show. Oh wow! And
3: then that's when I was like going, okay, something's changed here. I mean, the product is a little stale and all that, but you do want to see wrestling live and the fans weren't coming out. They weren't buying it. I don't know if it was a generational thing, but the attendance
4: did suffer. It begs the question, was there overexposure because of cable, you know,
3: he saturated it. He saturated the networks with everything. And, you know, like, like I said, uh, going back to Bruce, when you said that, you know, they stopped doing those, uh, the field house or the civic centers when they stopped filming those. And then they, they do these arena shows and showed one match from that arena and one match from that arena. When you turned on TV, you didn't know what was going on or who was what or whatever storyline was taking place because some of the storylines were regionalized.
4: Yeah. You know what I mean? mean,
3: Benny, what about you? Um, House shows. When's when's the last time you went to a house show?
5: It was actually in in 1987 in Hagerstown, Maryland. Oh, that was Um, your last one? Okay. Yeah, but I mean, and this goes back to, you know, before – They went national. uh, That I, living in Long Island, New York, uh, I could go twelve times a year to the Nassau Coliseum. I could go twelve times a year to the Garden. Uh, There were spot shows at the Comac Arena, uh, the Island Garden, Um, and then if I wanted to drive a little bit to White Plains, I mean I could have went to see wrestling forty times a year. Wow! Wow! You know, and and, I mean, what even better though if you lived in Florida in the late seventies. Well, you had wrestling at the Homer Hesterly, you know, every what Tuesday night, I think it was. Wow. I mean, every Tuesday night. So that's 50. And, you know, if you felt like getting in your car and you you know went to Orlando, you could watch it another 50. You could watch wrestling hundreds of times a year. And you talk about, you know, these guys are seeing you, you know, Bugsy McGraw, Kevin Sullivan, Bugsy McGraw. Mike Graham. Yeah. All <laughs> these guys, you know, seeing you every week. And there, there was a bond, I believe. Sure. Yeah. I think they really appreciated the fact that these people, you know, this was a middle class thing, a blue collar thing rather, that these people are spending their hard-earned money to to watch these guys and I think they truly they truly appreciated it, but that's what where I think wrestling kind of I think that's what wrestling was meant to be. Yeah. I don't think wrestling was meant to be sitting on your couch watching it. I think wrestling was meant to be going to a smoke-filled arena, you know, sitting in the third row paying $4 for a seat. Now, I know I'm in a time warp right now. <laughs> but I think that's what—that was the wrestling I grew up with. And the wrestling I'll always love. Foxhole
3: Willie says we were overeating on wrestling. You guys agree with that? <laughs> After a while, I, what?
5: Wrestling? I mean, once cable came into being, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, we were, we were glutted. I mean, we we had more than we could possibly eat. Yeah, that was crazy, unbelievable, unbelievable.
3: All right, so before we—I uh, know we're getting late on time here and so forth because we want to keep this to an hour and so forth. Um, what's everybody got coming up there, Bruce? What do you got coming up?
0: Well, let's see. We've we've got next Thursday. We've got the thirty at seven p.m. followed by DeMonte and the Faro show. So uh, hopefully, one of you guys can dethrone Dan. He's he's bragging about this. I mean, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. But I give you the Venmo account number again. I'm telling you right now. Every time they I mean get 12, every time they get twelve points in the final round, that
3: is my. I know I'm done. I got to get past that twelve mark. I got to get past that. Bruce, mark.
5: I can't. I can't send you any money because I have to go to Walgreens tomorrow and buy a big giant pot of Vaseline. <laughs>
3: oh, second honeymoon. <laughs>
5: right.
3: yeah, I screwed up on the first one watching wrestling. Right there, you go, Phil. What do you got going on? You got anything going, coming up this week?
4: Well, I can't wait to be a part of the Whitey Bulger show. I have to say, yes,
5: Mike. Right. You know, I, I'm. I,
4: I'm. Yeah. I'm I've, and I've read so much, and just it's been such a part of our our culture here. Uh so I'm gonna kind of brush up on some of my uh my notes and reading and come prepared. Are we doing and, uh... that
5: live, Benny? Are we doing that live? Um, well, I mean, if we can get a producer, yeah, we can do that live. Wouldn't well, that be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, Whitey Bulger was a fixture in my life growing up. I know that. So yeah.
3: i mean, we' going it's
5: gonna be me and three Bostonians. That's like that's solid gold.
3: Yeah, my man. God. We should find out if we get uh, James Connolly in on this. Call the prison, see if he's allowed a phone yeah, call. Yeah,
5: maybe he can. We he can call. We'll us get Zip Connolly in. We'll send zip- him a call. We'll send him a calling card.
4: Call oh, Howie Card, too. He'd be. Phil, great. that
3: reminds me. Remember Channel Seven Zip Rezeppa? <laughs> he was the only one that reported on wrestling back then on Channel Seven.
4: That's wild, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I was like, oh my god. I think he's like on the NFL Network now or something yeah. like that. But I'm like, oh my god.
4: We 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 have Kevin Lemanowitz who's a, a oh, weatherman oh, here. Yeah. Who's he's oh, a yeah. huge wrestling fan, so he so he oh, sometimes yeah. interviews them now locally. He's he's good.
3: Yeah, he gets them to do the weather at the top of the hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kevin LeMannowicz is cool. Good and they had got DDP on there in the mornings and all that stuff. So
4: DDP, good friend of Gene LeVanchi, too. Gene
3: Levanche, native. Got to love yeah. it. Love it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah.
5: J.A. Will, yes. I went to the National Coliseum many, many times to see Dr. Dr. J. J. Dr. J. J. and Rick Barry are my two all-time favorite basketball Rick
3: Barry, he uh, diaper shot, right? The foul line?
5: He would shoot. Yeah. Didn't Rick Barry shoot like that? He had that little underhand, amazing yeah. free throw. I mean, always over 90% led the league yeah. most years in, in accuracy.
1: Great, you know two who, great ball player. <laughs>
3: there was one player for the Celtics that made me want to be a better free throw shooter in high school, and that guy whose name was Rick Roby. Rick Roby. He was a Celtics back then. He couldn't hit a foul shot to save your soul. I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. They hey,
4: Fox, Larry Bird. <laughs> Foxhole Willie says Whitey Bulger was Chris Nyland, formerly of the Bruins, father-in-law. Wow, really? I think I remember that too.
5: Okay. Okay. Who I know, wonder if I know Foxhole Daddy Willie.
4: Do. Oh, with Who Mark really Bulger.
5: Huh. I don't know how he yeah. could. How could he be? He was never. Bulger married. had one kid. He died, so it had to be my yeah, dad. One child that you know they had died at five, five years old. But
4: yeah, he did. Yeah.
5: Like Very to Get
3: knuckles on the line on that one too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up here for anybody. Got last thoughts on tonight's show? Or no, it's great, great job, Joe. What a great, what a great show, Joe. We try, we try, yeah, we try I, to, I
5: want to thank everybody out there. Comments out there were fantastic. Yeah, Rick Roby
3: played for Kentucky. Okay, Joe Will with the historical facts. You got to love this. I love having a chat like this. This is great.
4: Oh, he is a southern sage.
5: Who is Donna Reed's gynecologist? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Dr. Marcus Welby, no,
5: Dr. <laughs> Ruth <Dr>. Westheimer. <laughs>
4: Trapper
3: John MD. There
4: you go. Ake Pierce. And ben and there Pierce. you go. There you go. Akazorba. All
3: right, folks. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank everybody who's tuning in live as well as on the replay. Don't forget, folks, hit that share button, the like button, the subscribe button, whatever button is below you. Let everybody know that Money in the Faro channel is growing. We got a lot of exciting programs coming up. Whitey Bulger coming up next week? Uh the 30, which is Bruce, you're gonna test one of the, the most and only popular game show, wrestling game show on youtube right i don't know any other game show wrestling game show that's on youtube right now it's an original it's an original and we've got more coming we've got a lot more coming on the channel i can't wait and i i have a feeling there's going to be a missy beefcake part two possibly three coming up because there was a lot to unpack there we got to go we got it we got to filter like yogi barra
5: says it ain't over till it's
3: over it definitely is not over (laughs) it's (laughs) definitely not over I think we should get Valentine in on this. Maybe have like a little sit down. That'd be kind of Maybe neat. on Valentine's Day. That'd be great. Oh, That would be you.
4: cool. Huh? There you go.
3: There you go. All right, folks. That's going to do it for us here. Like I said, thank you for tuning in and all that stuff. We'll be back next Friday. Same time. We're going to – what's a good topic for next week? You guys got anything you guys – that we want to talk about? Wrestling remembered?
4: Hmm.
0: What's your favorite
3: like territory maybe? I don't know. Ooh, territory days. We can something. We can food for thought. Maybe we'll hit the chat up with that, ask him anyway. What do you want to see on Wrestling 30? No, Wrestling
2: let, let,
5: the, let the people out there decide.
2: Yeah, maybe we'll
4: most violent or scariest uh, angle or match. I oh, don't know. Geez.
3: My goodness.
4: Blood can and guts, maybe. I don't oh, know.
3: God. Oh, God. All right. Until next time, guys, I'm Joe. What a day, Lowry, for Bruce Butler, El Presidente Phil de Cesare, and the player Benny Scala. You guys have a great week. Thanks for watching Wrestling Remembered.
4: Stay warm.